Now we are just moments away as Southampton look to win on enemy turf. Sends it to Marcus. Marcus looks up for the long distance shot and that might have just skimmed the outside of the post. So he can curl it in with his left foot towards the back post. Headed down, volley from Pitman over the bar. Got a deflection. And they've got another corner flick down. Got to be 1-0. Surely, but McCarthy somehow saved it. Oh, the corner went into Pittman. He got the perfect flick on. Adams just dealt, dwelt, dwelt on the ball a bit long, but he's still got it to Oba Famey, 30 yards out. Finds Danny Ings, who shoots first time. McGilvery with a good save. Southampton's first shot of the evening. Snapshot from Ings with his right foot. And McGillivray saved, and Ings will have another good deflection. Southampton totally against the run of play, have the lead. But it is Danny Ings who flies back into his own half. That's a Adam great ball. over the top. That's a great ball. Now Ings gets there before McGillivray's in trouble. The rebound comes out. Brilliant block off the line. And he's found Obafemi with a good through ball. He looks to get Ings in. McGillivray can't get there before Ings, who toes it past him beautifully. Right footed. That was a great counter attack in the end. Saints. Might get it back in the box and it is 3-0. And would you believe it, it is Cedric, the unlikeliest of goal scorers, who's wrapped it up. And Redmond's bearing down on the box, cuts inside to D on his right foot and makes it 4-0. That's all his own work from Nathan Redmond. The Saints fans celebrate. They've beaten Pompey 4-0. McAllion to Stokes, who's onside. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Saints FC podcast. And hello Tom. Hello John, how are you? I'm very well. I'm all the better for the fact that I'm actually sat on your sofa in South London. The boys are back together. Woo! The rain couldn't stop us. Yeah, so uh, for those of you that like watching us do this on YouTube, you'll be able to go onto Freddie's Ugly Inside channel and have a look at that. So you'll be able to see our, our beautiful faces. Tom's kindly lent me his headphones. And uh, we've got David Bowie sat with us on the sofa as well. David Bowie. Well, I suppose Ziggy Stardust, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we, we, we've got our wine. Not got drinking wine. Rioja. I had a slightly terrifying experience in your local shop. <laughs> South London for you, John. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I've managed to find some red wine. It wasn't, wasn't Rioja, but this Shiraz is doing okay. It's doing the job. And um, it was quite funny because, like obviously your wife's pregnant so I was trying to get mm. a, a suitable drink for her and the guy in the shop who was drinking a can of 9% lager um, said oh right yeah she's pregnant so what like something a bit less heavy then and I was like yeah he's <laughs> like well I've got this white one <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you're not meant to be running a shop selling alcohol drunk yeah. I'm sure that's against some law somewhere. yeah probably um, anyway well sh- should we get into the into the football then Tom there's a lot to cover so yeah. we should so we've got three games to get through. Oh. Um, we had Exhibit A and Exhibit B from the South Coast Derby that we spoke about last time uh, we were on the podcast. Obviously, the first one was the uh, loss to Bournemouth. Mm. What to make of it, John? Well, it, was a, it was a funny game, I thought. Um, and, it, I mean, we basically started horrendously, didn't we? Yeah. I think maybe we had to lose a game uh, in that manner to kind of um, to shake Ralph out of this kind of slumber in terms of playing players out of position which we saw against Sheffield United and it was a it was a very strange game Saints just didn't sit you know you were really hoping they were going to come out weren't you like all guns blazing and instead they got totally done over by Bournemouth who just out out thought and out fought them yeah, I mean, Bournemouth have this like strange habit of basically... They're a very streaky team, aren't they? they yeah. And they're obviously in a good streak at the moment. Um, or they certainly were when they came to St. Mary's. And they just totally dominated us in that first half, I, I felt. And, you know, the 
offside goal as well was was quite nice, but they managed to get two legitimate goals. Yeah. And I mean, Saints just looked at like sixes and sevens, really. We couldn't. Um, I mean, it was funny because the uh, I watched it on on Sky Sports, and the commentator said. Bournemouth are very good at set pieces. This is where they scored. This is where they scored their goals, and, and they scored straight away from the corner with Nathan Ake. Um, and, and it was a bit strange because it was Romeo who has been one of our most solid, most dependable players in the last month or so. Just loses Ake and gets muscled off the ball, and there was a bit of criticism of Danzo, but by that time Danzo couldn't get anywhere near yeah. that header. I mean, I think it's a bit unfair to criticise Danzo because he's a left-sided centre back. And I, I think we do need to talk about Ralph's team selection because this yeah, is, this is where we went wrong. So you have Danso, a left-sided centre-back, playing at right-back. Naturally. Yeah, and you have Cedric, a right-sided right-back. Yeah. Left-back. Right-back, Right-back, right but playing at left-back. Yeah. I mean, that just made no sense to me. I'd have thought, if, if you're going to... If, you, if you're not going to play Ryan Bertrand in the left-back position, which we don't really know why he's not doing that... Surely you put Danzo on the left, where right. he's going to be more comfortable, right? And left back, isn't he, than on well, the right? And then at least Cedric's then yeah. playing in the right position. It was weird because Ralph had spoken about um, having the element of surprise. Well, I think he surprised everyone yeah. with that lineup. I think he probably surprised Bournemouth in a good way. I think the idea that, you know, as savvy and intelligent a manager as uh, Eddie Howe is not going to immediately recognise yeah. the Saints are weakened. And the, the experienced Premier League players, which Bournemouth now have, you know, it's not Norwich, it's not Sheffield United. These are experienced pros that played against Saints the last three seasons in a row and not going to be able to immediately counter. Yeah. You know, like the idea that they're going to be so starstruck by what Southampton have done. When in reality, all it actually did was weakened our left side yeah. and our right. So, and effectively, not only did you play two players out of position, weakening them substantially, you actually weakened the players in front of them yeah and we and you had all of that kind of like uncertainty which was like clear to see in the side they didn't really know what they were supposed to be doing um Danso didn't look comfortable Cedric no. kind of looked okay-ish but we, we just looked very weak at the back and it looked like Bournemouth could have gone on to score lots and lots of goals I mean they didn't create loads of chances but when they got forward they always looked yeah. very dangerous I mean, um, the second goal was an excellent goal. It's the yeah. sort of goal Saints don't score enough of when yeah. it comes to the Spurs game, but it was a sort of chance that you know, too often our players are making just the wrong decision yeah. when it comes to that, and the runs just aren't there at the moment for Saints. And to all credit to, to Bournemouth, and you wonder, you know, that guy's on loan from Liverpool, David Brooks, is, or is yeah. that no, is it David? Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, Who is his name? Is it uh, Lewis Cook? No. no, it's not Lewis Cook. No. I don't know. Those Harry, the Wilson. Warmers, Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson but, is yeah, nothing like David sort of Brooks, is nothing it? Nothing like that. But, yeah, but again, but what they are is they're both young attacking yeah. midfield players that have lots of technical ability and lots yeah. of skill um, that have had really good seasons in the championship. So I'm half right. But, you know, we, we just weren't able to hurt them in the same way they hurt us. And I think... And this is something we'll probably come to, particularly after talking about a Spurs game, is is the efficiency of Southampton. Yeah. And I think this is our real worry, which is we are just not efficient. If you look at like Leicester, um, we're just not the same in terms of the ruthlessness. And I think we struggled against Bournemouth. Certainly in the first half we were I mean, it's as bad a first half as you'd seen from Saints in a long time. Yeah. And then I th I think you know, we go into that um obviously two 0 down. And credit to Ralph, he brought on Ryan Bertrand and played a, an experienced and good left-back in the left-back <laughs> position. Hallelujah. Uh, Danso was the, the man to lose out. Um, and we immediately looked better. And we immediately had loads and loads and loads of pressure, created loads and loads of chances. We got the penalty, which James Will-Prowse did very well, putting away. And it felt like we were going to score again. I mean, there was chance after chance after chance after chance. Um but interesting, I think like stats-wise, we had about 25 or 26 shots on goal. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. And then the interesting thing is Manchester City, that same weekend, beat Watford 8-0. And they had about the same, like 25 or 26 shots on goal. 
difference though tom is shot quality and this is where xg is perfect go. at explaining it so southampton's xg against bournemouth was 2.18 meaning that we should have scored at least two goals um whereas manchester city had an xg return of over six from their 25 shots so what that's telling you is that manchester city are creating lots and lots of really good mm. scoring opportunities we've said this about manchester city, yeah they, they create how many how often yeah, i saw some of those watford goals where they pass the ball around and then all of a sudden it's on the six yard line isn't it mm. and someone's just tapping it in i mean like they're, yeah no, normally they're Raheem just, sterling on yeah, the back post. Saying, just yeah. tapping it in about yeah. aguero um but saints and again we'll, we'll come to this mm. they are trying to do it we seem to have one trick yeah which is winning the ball high up the pitch doing rapid turnover yeah the problem we seem to have is when you come up against when you're two down against bournemouth and Bournemouth know that all they've got to do is just defend reasonably well. Yeah, we seem to lack the guile to break them yeah. down a little bit. I, th- I think it's one of those ones where you look at the games that we have won: the one against Sheffield United and the one against um, Brighton and Hove Albion. Is there you have um, Gineppo. And Gineppo is that kind of player who has that little bit of quality in the final third that we've been lacking. Yeah, and he has that ability to just kind of take the ball by the horns and just just do it doesn't he yeah and 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 also he he seems to do something a little bit different i think i, do, I can't quite work out where it's going wrong for saints at the moment because yeah. the i guess the challenge we have is all our attacking options are out there don't seem to have anything off the bench mm. that's going to really scare anyone um so if it's not working it's not working yeah they don't seem to have anything to, to change it up we, enough. Yeah. Pl- well, it, it is funny, though, because Ralph is changing the tactics all the time. Like, he cha- he changes formation and approach, like, three or four times well, in now, a game now. So, what are we doing? So, we're four two two two, But then sometimes five, three, we're playing... Two, or 4 three, three, three. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we should have an element of flexibility, yeah. but my concern is it appears he doesn't know what his best team is. Yeah. And I think that there are players that aren't in that team mm. that now are, like Yoshida. Yeah. Who actually, we look so much better Yeah, with them in that team. And I think, I wonder if Ralph's kind of gone through a bit of a phase in the last sort of maybe two Premier League games mm. where he's kind of now gone, I just need to play the most reliable players I have. Yeah. Not necessarily... The, the most exciting the most or exciting most flexible or best, or you know like, like he needs yeah. to play like if you look at Vestergaard yeah um, look how comfortable Saints look at the back with Yoshida yeah in terms of Yoshida's ability to turn out of trouble pass the ball back yeah to gun and, and go again compared to Vestergaard where every time he gets on the ball he looks like something yeah. terrifying might happen to him I th- it's really frustrating with Vestergaard because I so desperately want him to be good. You know, ball, by all accounts, he was a decent defender in the Bundesliga. Very good, yeah. You know, he's a man mountain. But I think in Bundesliga, most clearances, most aerial duels won. I mean, like I mean which was, is astonishing because he seems to be dreadful in the air to, yeah. to me. I don't understand. I mean, and Bundesliga, this isn't, yeah. you know, it's not Mickey Mouse, it's not the French League. This is, a, you know, it's a probably not, the best Not league. French farmers. And yeah, a, it's you not know. French farmers playing Paris Saint-Germain yeah. every week. So it's, very strange and I, I wonder if Ralph had to go through a two game stretch of questioning yeah to kind of like we need to almost go back to basics yeah I mean it's, it's funny because I kind of thought he had figured that out um after the second half in Bournemouth and and that that he'd learnt his lesson and I think in some ways he kind of has I mean we'll get onto the Tottenham game but there were there were some similarities with how things went wrong there which which we'll get onto, but a lot of people were losing their minds on social media, as people tend to do. Whether it's about sixteen-year-old girls with Aspergers or whether it's about Southampton <laughs> Football Club, people are generally losing their mind on Twitter. Like uh, quite often, you know, being quite overdramatic. My actual feeling after that game was that we, you know, the second half we we absolutely battered them, and I think yeah. on another day, like we would have won that. I think you ignore Three, the third two, goal. Or, or whatever. Yeah, you, you ignore the third goal because the third goal happens because Gunn comes up desperate to get the ball so he can yeah. recycle it for one last yeah one last chance. Yeah, and you kind of ignore that. This is classic football history revisionism. Yeah, but like we played really well second half. Yeah, yeah. I think we are. Yeah, that game we were kind of 
the, we just needed something to go in. Yeah. Need, like you know, Adams needed just something to happen for him. Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think we're going to be repeating ourselves a little bit when, yeah, we, when we get to the Tottenham sorry, game. Sorry. So, well, sh- should we move on to the very, very exciting bit yeah. then? So, first South Coast derby in seven years yeah. at Fratton Park, where Southampton are not won since 1984, the year I was born, Tom. Are you that much younger than me? Yeah, mate. Never guessed it. I think, you know, the viewers on YouTube will be able to see this. <laughs> Um, so this this was our big opportunity you know we we were a good Premier League side against a League One side which are not fulfilling the expectations that their supporters or in fact anyone really beholds for Pompey because I think most people had them as pretty good bet for promotion Mm. Um, Kenny Jacket under pressure this this was the the greatest time that we could have had to play Pompey you know we could Definitely go out, go out there and thrash them. Um, interesting lineup from Ralph. What, what did you make of the starting eleven? I thought, I thought it was a good lineup because also I think it was a lineup of grown-ups. Yeah, yeah. I think like players like Bertrand, they're very experienced. They're not likely to be overawed by yeah. that um, that kind of environment. I thought also physically strong players like Overfemi that can bounce players off them. Because, you know, there was no doubt about it. Um, Portsmouth came at Saints. And I know we're not allowed to, but they kind of did us, didn't they, for the first 15, 20 minutes. I mean, they were all over Saints and they roughed us up. And the funny thing is, and, and I don't know if any other people, you know, well, if I've yeah. noticed it, loads of other people have noticed it. Saints are sort of tough midfielders, which are Romeo and Hoiberg. Yeah. Kind of need to wise up a little bit. Because... Uh, they're getting flattened a lot and they're sort of turning around and mm. looking at the referee and the referee's going, no, yeah, whatever. just what you do yeah. to people all yeah. the time, mate. And, it's, and then people are building attacks for us and it happened yeah. against Spurs a lot of like 50-50 challenges. Yeah. And they were going down and not getting anything. They're going down not getting anything and all yeah. of a sudden, like we know against, we know with Saints that the minute the press is turned against us, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Yeah. And I think like Romeo and Hoiberg and particularly Hoiberg against Pompey, mm. they kind of did, they flattened Hoiberg a number of times and he was probably the one Saints player you'd have looked at before the game and thought he'll be able to handle yeah. this. And he didn't. He actually, he was our weakest link. Yeah, I, I don't think Hoiberg had a particularly good game. I think Romeo was, was pretty strong in the yeah. end. Um, but yeah, the first 20 minutes, I, I've got to say I was worried, you know, Pompey had a couple of really good chances. There was yeah, that one that Jan Bednarek... Um, scraped off the line as well wasn't that there? was insane the, the, like how that didn't go yeah. in is like where people all I, I kind of pretty much had, forever. yeah had my head in my hands at that point i thought it was, it was all going wrong and they hit the um, post off that fantastic snapshot yeah um and then did they have a corner as well with a header they had a corner yeah. with a header no they had a corner the guy um the guy who looked like a sort of fat mm. even fatter semi-pro charlie austin yeah. kind of lashed the ball straight <laughs> at mccarthy but they were all over us and i think um they they exposed Saints very soft underbelly, yeah. particularly in the air. Yeah, because um, Saints couldn't win anything. No, but then quality happened, didn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think it just kind of like I think if you imagine you're Portsmouth, like you go out there, you're told, yeah, you go out there, you hit them really hard, and you just hope, don't yeah. you? And yeah. then if that doesn't happen, and you kind of run out of steam a little bit, because they yeah. won't be as fit as the Sams. No, players. they didn't look as fit as the players. It, you know then you kind of run out of steam and that's where Saints turn the screw yeah I mean what what was a I mean I'm very appreciative of it there was a Portsmouth fan that was filming the game on his phone and he's loaded up all of the goals onto YouTube I don't know why you do that if you're a Portsmouth fan but they're great and you can watch them and you can listen to the Pompey supporters in the crowd and I think one of the comments was like oh well that's the difference isn't it it's the quality and that that really was the difference because that Danny Ng's goal was all about him being a quality striker he had the one chance which came back and then he was able to turn pick his spot bang it in the goal and it was it was just great and yeah. seeing him sliding out on his knees it was good. Uh, I mean, towards it, the Saints fans it was a wonderful moment wasn't it yeah and it was good from James Will Prowse winning you know I think yeah. James Will Prowse wins sort of a 50-50 maybe a 60-40 in his favour on the edge of the box and sort of recycles it to Danny Ings who takes out three players at a turn yeah, and I think on the on the uh, 
BBC mm. commentary, they say, you know, it's taken a deflection and gone in, but it doesn't. It's just a really beautiful, he passes it into the back of the, back of the Pompey net and he yeah, has a great celebration. Yeah. It, it is interesting as well. I think kind of like going back to the lineup and the kind of players that he's chosen here. So like Danny Ings, cool head, love saints he's got a brick in st mary's stadium that's like daniel aj or yeah, whatever yeah. it was you know so he's, he's the right person to have leading the line and fantastic that he got his two goals a little bit disappointed he didn't stay on and get the hat trick um and then a, another player who i think was doing well and the reason i want to bring it up at this point is i think after that goal yoshida got an elbow didn't he in the chest yeah, it was a naughty it was you know what it was a really clever elbow yeah because was it from Mar- Marquis or whatever Mar- his yeah, name? Yeah, the forward. Yeah. And there's no, no VAR. Yeah. Uh, so it was really clever because the linesman had his line of sight blocked yeah. by Yoshida. It was really like, it was a real naughty thing yeah. to do. But Yoshida, again, like he shows all this experience. He yeah. doesn't get riled by the, the opposition, doesn't get riled by the crowd. He does give a little bit back to Marquis though, doesn't he? He flatters yeah. Marquis in a bit. But he's just a real pro. Yeah. You know, a real level head. And I think we've, We've lacked that. Yeah. I think him and him and Bertrand in particular just kind of calmed everything down. Yeah. The, the other one as well, the other player who I saw getting a bit of uh, crap from the Pompey players was Obafemi as well. Did he get did, a did you see? So, so he got like... Him and Cedric, Cedric got tons of Yeah. Crap. I think he got like bundled out of the out of the pitch at one point and early in the first half. And then you saw him like turning towards the fans and they were all just like giving him loads of crap. Um, which I think he then celebrated one of the Danny Ings yeah. goals by like cupping his ears like towards them. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think you could see with him it was affecting like him the the crowd and everything, but he dealt with it in the right way. And yeah. his pass for Danny Ings' yeah, second beautiful. goal, I was an absolute thing of beauty. Who knew he had that in his locker? Oh, I mean, that, that was just wonderful. That was yeah. De Bruyne esque, wasn't but it? The, and the challenge. Again, like you know, I don't want to keep focusing on the on the negative because it's undoubtedly a positive. But like, that's the sort of pass yeah. that we needed against. We'll come to Spurs, but this exact sort yeah, of pass yeah. we needed against Spurs and, and really against Bournemouth, we just don't seem that that like cutting level to yeah. slice people open like that. I think you know one of the advantages, one of the differences in the Portsmouth game and the the ones against Spurs and Bournemouth is that. Yeah, Portsmouth are then like once we've scored they have to chase the game yeah like also their fans won't allow them to sit back and soak up pressure and stuff like that they needed to get the first goal and then do that and because they haven't that gave Saints the space and that beautiful through ball from Obafemi and yeah, then the, the finish from Danny Ings just to lift it over the, the keeper team. stunning and then he slid down in front of the fratten end <laughs> and there's this great yeah, photo pretty quickly yeah. there <laughs> But there's this great photo of him like there, slowly there, like licking at the crowd. And there's um, there's a guy, an older guy, sat down at the front and he's got yeah, his two, two thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, it's obviously a Saints fan. Yeah, well, well so, so this is the thing. So they don't have any um, wheelchair or disabled seating in the away end at Fratton Park. Oh, is that what it is? So, so he's, he's, a, he's, uh, he's like a disabled fan. Saints yeah. fan. Brilliant. Sat in the Fratton and didn't give a Monkeys. hoo-ha yeah. about it and uh, just sat there and gave him the two thumbs up and that must have been absolutely brilliant Maybe that that photo, photograph is, is fantastic as well so whoever you are big it's kudos yeah yeah that was that was brilliant so that i mean the funny thing is, is after this it was pretty plain sailing for saints wasn't it second half yeah. was quite easy yeah they kind of play within themselves which was yeah. the right thing to do and uh just took the chances when they came and, I, and also I think you know everyone's going to talk about Danny Ings two goals yeah one assist for the third goal yeah oh it's a great bit of play for him I think he was looking for his hat trick I don't think he necessarily wanted to assist Cedric what was Cedric doing it I mean this, this is funny attacking midfield by See, the way anyone I think Cedric knew what was going on he knew the game was basically won we were in the ascendancy and I think he just thought, I, fancy, I, w- I want this. I want to get a goal. I want to go down in legend status. I think he could see how important the game was. Do you yeah. That? Was it last last season or season four last with Mark Hughes when he got yeah. a goal away at it Swansea or something? Oh, I don't remember that one. The one I remember is his free kick against Man United. His first goal was in, the, yeah. was in a cup competition. Was it? It yeah. was away from home and you're watching it. Oh, ah, yeah. Against Wigan. Wigan, there you go. Yeah, yeah well remembered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, random yeah. Go- both both totally weird goals. Actually, what was he doing in those yeah. 
But he just fancied it. He just yeah. got up there and thought, oh, you know, I could score this. Ballsy had had a lot of grief, didn't yeah. he, in that game? So maybe yeah. he thought, I'm going to give something back. Yeah. Um, and great and fair play to him. I think, you know, let's, let's be positive about Cedric here because, you know, he went off on loan, didn't have the most successful loan at Inter. They didn't try and buy him at the end. I, I think he probably would have been allowed to have, mm. allowed to have been transferred out of the club if the right offer had come in. He's come back to the season clearly second choice to Valerie um, but he's done incredibly well now and, and now Valerie is second choice well, Valerie's not even second choice Valerie can't even get in the team when yeah. Cedric's injured it's very strange but all fair play to Cedric I think a lot of people thought you know he was one of those classic sort of show pony type mm. players that, that Ralph didn't have any time for but it's been quite clear that obviously he's really impressed Ralph and I think he's been really really good in every game he played he was excellent against Man United yeah he's, he's really knuckled down I think Cedric so you know fair play and then you know get a, get a goal against Pompey he's probably never going to have to buy a drink in Southampton no. ever again is he you know he's he played really well and then Nathan uh, and I'm so pleased that Nathan Redman got yeah. a goal as well what a goal totally of his own making yeah. no one else anywhere near him yeah. but again it's that it's that, it's, it's quality, that level, level of quality versus League One, wasn't it? You know, yeah. and also they're knackered and they're running backwards. Yeah. He's fresh. Yeah. He's up for it. And it was re- he was in front of the Saints fans. Yeah. But it was a sort of quite calm, assured finish that we don't often see from Saints players. And and I would encourage uh, Saints fans to go and look for those videos on YouTube as well, because this was a great one, seeing all the Pompey fans getting out, storming off, all in a <laughs> half. Um, you know, the... The, the Port's myth is that all the fans, you know, supported really loudly the whole way through, but actually you see a hell of a lot of them leaving at that point because yeah, I think the humiliation was over. Um, crowd noise through the town. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That happened. Did it? Yeah. I think, I think some of them even admitted it. Sad they were trying to say that it was a mistake. But you know, who were, where else they had crowd noise? Where? At the new Tottenham Stadium, being no. piped through the speakers. Yeah. It's terrible, John. So, um... Well, we'll get onto this in a bit. We'll talk about the atmosphere yeah. at, to- at, at um, the new White Hart Lane or Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, or whatever it's called. Um, so I was watching in the village of Horrorbridge, where <laughs> I now live. So I, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not a season ticket holder with the... Uh, well, I'm not a season ticket holder at all. There's no chance I was ever going to get a ticket for that game. Uh, neither, were, neither were you, Tom, but you managed to meet up with a few Saints in yeah. Lon- London, didn't you? A few is uh, an understatement. There was probably about 100 Saints fans in yeah. the uh, sports bar and grill in Farringdon. It was bloody brilliant. We had the whole place had the run of it and uh, it was amazing. And the best thing about it, the goals were great. The game yeah. was brilliant. The songs. Yeah. Yeah, the Victoria Beckham, Brett Ormerod song. Not had that in a long time. But all the old classics. I, I don't remember out. that one. It's, it's not clearly for, too uh, it's too rude to be on the podcast. Um, You'll have to sing that for me afterwards. I will do. Uh, but, you know, loads of the old songs. Really good. Some of the blokes from the Swansea game when we were mm. at the Royal Clyde. Yeah. They were there. Um, yeah, I saw James at Tottenham and he said uh, he'd seen you. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was it was a great night out and great result. Brilliant night. Yeah. I thoroughly recommend. I think for Saints fans, you know, if you're in London and you're going to watch the game, yeah. try and be with the others. Really worth doing. Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, I was quite jealous when you sent me that video and I could see everyone, like, singing along. Um, yeah. Also, I, I think we need to talk about... Have, do you have any Portsmouth supporting friends that you've managed to rub this in the face of yet? I don't know any. You don't know any? No. Oh, you're really unfortunate, because I know quite a few. Right, go on. Um, so, the first one is, is a Pompey season ticket holder, proper fan, and, you know, he gives as good as he, he takes and stuff like that. Um but he was also relatively humble in defeat on this occasion. The ones that I had the most pleasure in taking the mick out of, when I first met my wife, Saints were in League One, and I think I'd been to a game, and I was coming back to London, and I had my like Saints scarf on, and I went to the pub to meet all of her friends. Now, lots of her friends are from like Chichester kind of like around yeah, there like near Bognor kind of way yeah and they they were all Pompey fans and Portsmouth at the time were in the Premier League and I obviously rock up in this Saints scarf and they're all oh yeah who are you playing today oh yeah Colchester United or whatever <laughs> game it was that I've been to see and they just absolutely ripped the mickey out of me um and then like, over the years Saints have gone up the divisions and Portsmouth have gone down the divisions and 
they all live in North London now, and they're, they're some of them are now Arsenal season ticket holders, oh, and they awful. and they follow Arsenal, and they they talk about Arsenal, and they support Arsenal. It's two bad choices, like yeah. And uh, it was just so good to get in that WhatsApp group and just be like, you know, four <laughs> nil. You know, this is amazing. Um, I, I, I give credit to one of them. One of them is still a Portsmouth fan, but you know, the rest have all switched oh, to Arsenal. I know, it's disgraceful, you isn't just, it? That, you just can't do that. But also, I know that in the future, at some point, you know, Portsmouth might be higher than Southampton and they'll suddenly be giving it all the... Yeah, that's you know, terrible. You can't become an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I, I don't think you deserve to enjoy the successes if you don't follow your team down the divisions and then back up again, really. In many ways, you deserve to be an Arsenal fan. It's yeah. like being reincarnated as sort of something worse. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think being an Arsenal fan is probably a bit like, um, oh, what's, what's that like word for like being in limbo before you go to heaven or purgatory. hell in purgatory? Yeah. It's kind of, they're a bit like a purgatory club at the moment, I think. They've got some clowns, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Um, Say, so, wonderful, 4 nil. Top of the world. Let's just savour that. Let's just, let's just have, like, let's take five seconds just to, yeah. That's nice. I got like Danny's goal going through my head. Yeah, yeah. Right, brilliant. Spurs. <sighs> you were there, John. Yeah. So I mean, this this is the thing that like it's really good. Got to spend the weekend in London. I'm staying with a mate of mine who supports Spurs. He's not been to the, the stadium yet. He's not like a big big fan, but he like watches them on the telly. Um, managed to get a, a ticket for me and a ticket for him. He got one in the home end, I got one in the away one. Uh, so thanks to the Dan James uh, who sorted me out for the ticket and thanks to Dan's friend who decided not to go and, and led to me being able to get one. Um, it's, it is a nice stadium. The, there are some buts, but like, if you're going to think about some of the new football stadiums, so like the Emirates, uh, the Olympic Stadium... I hate the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. That's more from the experiences that you had there though, isn't it? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. See, when I watched Mo Farah winning gold there, that was amazing. And the atmosphere was incredible. So if you get the right crowd of people in there, the atmosphere can be incredible. Sorry, West Ham fans. Um, And I think the Tottenham Stadium is is the modern football stadium that has been built with the fans and the match day football watching experience in mind. And when I'm not, I mean, I'm not, not like not like West Ham, where if you're in the away fans, you're underneath. You feel like you're basically underneath the pitch. Yeah, not like that. You mean? Yeah, not like that. And also not in the kind of like really annoying American way, where you just have like massive, wide, comfortable seats and hot dogs and stuff like that. Like they still have wide seats and hot dogs, but they've really thought about the fans. So they've got that one like sweeping stand at the opposite end from the away end, which is, I guess, it's supposed to be like a cop end, isn't it? You know, with no break or tears, yeah. which is supposed to help with the atmosphere. Although I, I wasn't that impressed with the atmosphere at Spurs, to be honest. And um, but I think the best thing in the away ends is they've got rails in between every row. This is old school. Yeah, it's like it's like being on a terrace. Being, except, yeah. I mean, there are seats there in the way, and you can't move up and down the terrace. You don't have like you're not really tightly packed in. Yeah, but. It is better because you're going to stand at an away game anyway Everyone and you're going to sing the whole way through anyway. So you might as well just accommodate it and make yeah. it safe. And I've got to say massive respect to Tottenham for, for doing that and also put it in the in the away end. Yeah, it's funny because you don't sit down. No. You know, you really don't. And it's just give people what they want. Yeah. Because it's so expensive now. Yeah. You might as well at least give people what they want. I yeah, guess. yeah. Also, I think the modern football fan is now probably, for better or for worse, slightly different yeah. to the football fans we've had trouble in the past. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's definitely different from the trouble. But also, I think the away fans are the only ones that still have like those kind of like closer ties to maybe what football was like. Going, I mean, I started going to football in the nineties, but. I went to lots of lower league games, spent lots of time in terraces and that atmosphere and, yeah. the, you know, and it's, it's great fun. And I like to see that. So, you know, fair play to Tottenham for getting the, the standing in. I think that would really work well. The magic beers, which fill up from the bottom Amazing, John. and have like a little magnet in the bottom. Incredible beers. So the rule is don't poke the bottom of the glass until you've finished your beer. Otherwise your beer ends up on the floor as clearly lots of Saints fans have demonstrated by how wet the, the floor was. It's fine. We're probably going to fund 
you know, their signing of Nathan Redmond just by the spilled beers. <laughs> well, and the extra money that we've had yeah. to invest. Um, lovely polished concrete floors, but it, let's probably not get too far into the built environment stuff because that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my field. It's a but, holiday. Yeah, probably. perhaps not uh, everyone who's <laughs> listening to this. Um, a bit like your kitchen worktop, actually, the, the, yeah, the floor nice, in the Tottenham yeah. Hotspur Stadium. But yeah, and craft beer, uh, 5.50 a, a pint or five pounds a pint and then amp still for four pounds a pint four pounds a pint yeah find me a four pounds a, a pint four pounds a pint in a stadium in a yeah. football stadium in london yeah. so good beer standing and, and quick beer yeah and that's uh, yeah apart from the weather's been you won't find a cheaper pint yeah. than in london yeah so amazing so good for tottenham there um we'll talk about the atmosphere first because i think it's important in the whole stadium thing my mate who's the tottenham fan thought the Saints fans were brilliant and really loud. He said that he went a little bit quiet after the second goal, but he was like, you know, he was messaging me. He's going, bloody hell, John, it sounds like fun down there because he was in the tier above us. Um, and so he thought the atmosphere was really good. But then all, if you take, if you look at Twitter and you look at all the tweets, like everyone's complaining about how bad the Saints away support was. So It sounded pretty loud when I was, I was watching it. Yeah. I, I think perhaps, maybe it depended where you were stood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone was kind of singing in my bit, but yeah, I have seen lots of people complaining. So big, it's probably hard yeah. to sort of get a, f- a feeling for the noise. I think you do lose some of the noise across yeah. across the, the ground and the pitch. Um, but my friend who was also sat in the Tottenham section said, like, his bit was really, really quiet. He thinks, you know, I just got whatever ticket I could, but um, yeah. I think he might have been in the family. And, and he said they were piping stadium fan noises That's through terrible, the speakers. Yeah. That is really awful. That's really yeah. 2019, isn't it, summed up? It's just, it's just rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, no just one needs that. G your fans up with some exciting football. Yeah, yeah. not with the football, though. Yeah. So this was a very, very odd game, I thought. So the starting lineup is is good. Yeah, Cedric but, in well, right back, Cedric Bertrand in left back. Hang on a minute, no, that's not right, no. is it, John? So this, so this is a weird thing. So I was told by Freddie that uh, he'd got an injury and uh, he had to pull out. So he got injured in the warm-up. Um, Some Cedric. people said he was injured off of the bus. Well, he, he obviously wasn't because like they had the, he was on the team sheet yeah. an hour before the game. And, but apparently the other thing that we've heard now is that he walked out onto the pitch and then turned around and said, I can't play. But what's that it's about? Is weird. that a mental thing or is it a physical thing? I mean, you wouldn't have thought so because Cedric has played, what, well over 100 games for yeah, Saints, you yeah. thought, all in the Premier League. So he probably, right, he's not played at that stadium before because mm. very few players actually have. But like, he played at White Hart Lane, played at Old Trafford. Yeah. Played at, played at Fratton Anfield, Park. Played at Fratton Park. So he's not going to be intimidated. He yeah. must have. And also he's, he's won the European Cup. Yeah. You know, like he played for, I think he played for Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. Yeah, he played in big, big games. So he's not going to be intimidated by. So, so what's it about that? He must have been injured. Must have been. But then why is he not told the managing staff that he's injured until Maybe. like 40 minutes before the, the kickoff? Who knows? I mean, they're, these are like finely tuned Formula yeah. One cars. So look, even the slightest thing can do mm. them over. Maybe it's not a physical injury. Maybe it's mental. Yeah. Thing. Maybe he's had like a panic attack. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you never know what's going on with people. Maybe he's epileptic or something. Or something. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is, maybe he's got, maybe he's got the doo-doos. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that can happen, can't it? It can happen to the best of us. Um, so let's talk about the game because, to be honest, I mean, this is the thing. I really want Vestergaard to be a good player. I'm not convinced he can be. I was so disappointed when I saw that he'd come into the lineup and sit so in place him. Especially when we have Valerie on the bench. I just thought, you know, stick with the plan, Ralph. If the plan is to start with four at the back, stick yeah. with four at the back. And it didn't pay off because the circumstances of the game with Tottenham going down to 10 men, we ended, we had too many defenders on the pitch yeah, we to, had to make the most of it. Five defenders on the pitch, yeah. two defensive midfielders, and then we didn't change the system. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on with Valerie. Yeah. I just have no idea what's happened there. It's, you know, like, Ralph seems to kind of love players and then you're an outcast yeah and i don't understand i agree with you if we had a system he had a system where he thought he could beat but yeah that system was play four at the back yeah why 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 then change because it's not bringing in like 
you know, Cannavaro or yeah. one of the world's best defense, you know, like Ronald Koeman, bring in Vestergaard. Yeah. You know, who arguably makes the team less solid. Yeah. And he so, makes he makes the rest of the team worried as well, I well, think. Why it seems to be. And I, so I don't understand. I don't understand uh, uh, why. And then so why are you using Vestergaard? Is it against the pace of Son and Dumbele? not <laughs> Exactly. He, you know, he's, he's not. I don't, I mean, Vest, I don't want to like pile in on any one player. Because I don't think it's helpful. But Vestergaard is just an absolute mystery. And But, why, but he was so good Barry? against Man United. So why, why can't he play like that every week? But also, if you look, I mean, he played well against Man United, he did. Mm. But he's playing against Rashford, mm. who, despite what people think, if you actually look at the numbers, Rashford is actually not any an average striker, as people yeah. think he is. Apart from one very good run of form, he's mm. actually a pretty average striker. Um, you know, like it, maybe you look better. But yeah. it's not... It, what's I completely agree with you. Why would you not just drop in a natural replacement right back who you know can do a job yep. and who was your first choice right back yeah. until very recently? And you don't have to change the game plan or anything. But okay, okay, let, let's be kind of relatively fair to say so we actually started the game pretty well. I thought it was fairly um, evenly balanced. Tottenham got their goal though, and this is a weird goal for me. From yeah, it was strange. From, is it Ondombele, isn't it? Ondombele, yeah. Um, kind of hits it straight at gun. We well, hits it straight at gun, and like gun seems to be in the right position. He seems to have his hands in the right place. It just and goes straight. It through. just goes straight through him. It's like he's a ghost. It's like there's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. I mean, they were talking a lot about taking deflection off Bednarek. I haven't seen that. Um, Didn't look like it to me. Someone on it's not my stat. Someone on Twitter said Gunn has now conceded five of his last six shots on target in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, which is quite alarming. I, I don't know if that's true, but I'm just trying to think. It's Sheffield United. I can't remember him actually making a save. Mm. And maybe against Brighton, I don't think he actually really made a save. No, I, I think against Sheffield United, he did. He came out and he charged down David McGoldrick. Oh, he did, yeah. right. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's after that. Then. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's very... I, it sort of went straight through it went straight mm. through him in a way that and his reaction suggested that it took a deflection yeah like you kind of hope it has to have taken a deflection yeah because otherwise it's very I, I just presumed that he was unsighted yeah and so therefore like whilst the ball was coming straight at him because he just didn't see it but soon enough somehow if you look at the problems for Saints were coming from the left hand side i.e. Yeah. the right hand side for Saints yeah where we had then dropped Ward Prowse. Yeah. In this, this makeshift right back. He's not a right back. No. And he's definitely not a right back when Valerie is a right back. You know, like all the problem, like he couldn't handle Son. No one can. Mm. Fair. When Son's on form. Yeah, no. He's up there with the best in the Premier League. He's a yeah. unplayable. So uh, James Ward Prowse, who's a makeshift right fullback, mm. is never going to be able to deal with him. And you lose all of Ward Prowse's attacking instincts because he knows that Son's going to have him on toast yeah. every single time, yeah, yeah. which he did. And Saints just couldn't handle it. it and in the end, it was it? kind of a weak goal yeah. to concede for Saints. Yeah. Um, it was I a mean, very disappointing goal. Yeah, it was It was very disappointing goal. And to be honest, I thought at that point it really should have still been nil-nil. Yeah. Um, then we have Serge Aurier being Serge Aurier. The, guy, the guy's not very bright, is he? So that's his second red card. He, yeah. I think someone's saying he got sent off within two minutes of his first debut against West Ham <laughs> for two bookings. But also, like, what's he doing? Like, the first one... Also, go show again how stupid football fans yeah. are, right? Because I don't know how clear it was in the stadium for you, but the booing that Bertrand got yeah. was unbelievable. Really? Why was he being booed? Just because he used to play for Chelsea? No, because it was him that was fouled the second time by Oreo. Yeah. So Spurs fans obviously thought he'd got Oreo sent off. Like, Oreo was thick as two planks <laughs> for doing that. He had to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the first one was kind of like a bad challenge, but you, you might, you, you could see that perhaps sometimes not getting a yellow card. No, the first but, one was definitely, honestly, the first one was a yellow, like but, all, all day. But, but, but the it thing was unnecessary. Yeah, but this is the thing, isn't it? At that point, as a football player, you know, right, oh, I've just got a yellow. 
I'm just going to be a bit quiet and a bit sensible yeah. for the next five minutes. Two wingers who are going to run out of get, time. Get out of the clever. referee's head, yeah. And he just like immediately does that. And yeah. Bertrand gets the better of him. And, you know, Bertrand goes down relatively easily, but he was, has to because Aurier clips him. All yeah. day. Yeah. There was no way it wasn't free kick and there was no way it wasn't yeah. a low card. Um, it was a classic tactical foul. Yeah. Of which Saints do loads. Yeah. But if you do it in the final third of the pitch, you are going to get yeah, booked. Yeah. And if you've already been booked, you, you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so like Oreo was going nuts. Like it was clear as day. Yeah. I mean, um, but in many ways, like, I, you know, he took we'll the long route off it, as well. He took the long route, but I, I wonder if that's any off caused more Saint problems for Saints than, well, I, I mean, it, I, then it, then it kind of solved. Potentially. I think the main problem was the second goal, but l- let's talk about the Danny Ings goal. The second time he's now got a goal against yeah. a seemingly top goalkeeper by 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 charging down (laughs) i mean the hugo Lloris was amazing here wasn't he because he tried to he tries he tries to do a drag back he doesn't even touch the ball does he or a cruyff turn yeah and then he kind of thinks about kicking it but he doesn't do it either (laughs) and right in front of the spurs fans danny ings just has the easiest goal but yeah i think it it shows a couple of things one is that like obviously even top world-class players have brain farts but also, it goes to show for Danny Ings the value in doing this. Yeah. Um, well, that's two goals he's saints. got for nothing. That's two goals he's got for nothing. If you look at um, Shane Long's goal against mm. Watford last year, it does the same thing, but against yeah. the centre-back. You know, like these are, this for Saints is our most effective attacking yeah. route. It's not crossing. It's not set pieces. It is ch- like tackling people at yeah. the back. Like that's how we're scoring and, goals. And also, so this is perfect. At 1-1, you now think, great. They're at home. They have to well, attack. The form. They have to attack. You know, they have to play the ball out from defence. They're going to be attacking minded. So you're going to get more opportunities. Just the one thing you have to make sure is you get to half time without conceding again. And Saints were throwing men forward. They were looking to get in the lead, quite yeah. rightly so. Get to half time, send them off to a cacophony yeah. of booze. Yeah. And then. And they've gone go in the again. head. Go yeah. In the head. And then, then you, you know, you can regroup. Also, can we just point out as well that Saints. Um, if Saints had gone 25 minutes without conceding, yeah. it would have been our best ever away run. record. Yeah, run we were two minutes short of it, weren't we? We were 24, conceded on 24 goals. It was such a, such a chef's kiss yeah. moment for a Saints fan, isn't it? Um, but yeah. But you think, yeah, just get to half time. Yeah. Even if we get to half time, why not? It's still doing really well. Say. So- can we lay the blame at anyone here? Or is this just a really good Tottenham counter-attack with really good players and with a quality striker finishing it off at the end? I'm struggling to remember all of the goal. Mm. I've got a feeling that it comes from one of our midfielders sort of looking yeah. for a 50-50 and not getting it. Yeah. It might have been Romeo. Really? Um, but Saints can't handle Hurricane. Mm. Like, no matter what, like we cannot ha- we've not been able to handle Hurricane for four years now. Yeah. The man is an animal, and people could not like him. He's a genius. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's just like Shearer. He's impossible. He had Saints all day, and he is the classic what we don't have. Isn't yeah. he? Like he is like giving. It wasn't even really a chance. No. It was a half chance. Yeah. And he hurts you. But he's a special player, isn't he? And then, so so this is the thing. We then go and that. I think is the moment when the Saint support does actually die down quite a lot because I think everyone's just saying they're just going no how you know we've gone behind they've got a player sent off we've got ourselves back into it and then we go and do that we just go and typically Saints it up and and then I, I don't know I was quite hopeful for the second half because we've been stronger in the second half most of the games this season so I yeah, thought Ralph was the would the first, first half goal we yeah, scored all season yeah so I was just expecting Ralph to come out with something I thought it would be a bit like the Bournemouth game I thought we'd be knocking on the door the whole time um, creating lots of chances but we weren't quite as proactive I don't think as we were against Bournemouth and we did have chances but Some set pieces yeah I mean I well, I, think, I don't know. There was that really not tantalising ball that played in front of goal that Danny Ings was, yeah. a, you know, but they're not, centimetres like, from. I remember this when Saints played Man United. Mm. And um, I remember, I think it was someone on, I think it was Danny Murphy, who was very direct mm. in his criticism of Man United on the day. Because he said, because, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said, like, look at the number of chances, you know, the number of times we have the ball in around the box. And what he said is absolutely right. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're not hurting people, 
with your chances that doesn't doesn't matter and saints are a classic like not hurt people mm. you know like we're getting the ball in and around the box loads you really think that second half we had two chances where we actually forced a keeper to make mm. a save one from a corner one from a free kick yeah and whilst we did lots of huffing and lots of puffing and lots of intricate things around the box you know Spurs were very quick to drop they've got two world class centre backs yeah their loss of Aurier didn't hurt them at all. If anything, it actually made them stronger, seemingly, because they dropped Sissoko there, who didn't give an inch and didn't try to do anything apart from defend like an absolute be a Trojan. Right back, yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden, for Saint, like Saints didn't have the opportunity to counter down the left yeah. because Aurier was just not going anywhere. Yeah. And I. Sissoko. Sorry, Sissoko. Yeah. And I think that part of the challenge for Saints is like, you know, we are at our best, as I've said, like when we win the ball, we don't seem to have an answer to come through us. Come yeah. on then, play the ball through us. We don't yeah. seem to be able to score. We're not good at chasing chasing back, uh, you know, when we've conceded, you know, basically. We're not good at kind of trying to find the equaliser and then the way, because once a team gets ahead of us, they can then get really compact and we don't have an answer to it. And I was thinking about it. the last time I went to Tottenham for a game was when we beat them two one. Yeah, with Stephen Davis. Oh no, that was oh yeah, that was three years ago that game. Yeah, and Stephen Davis is one of those players that kind of like that number eight can sometimes unpick the lock yeah. that you need. And and this is what Saints need is they need someone who's who's a lock picker. And I don't think we have that in the but squad. But do B-Fow's we? Bufal's meant to be that player. Yeah, and I I think Saints. Um, you know, like I, it must be hard for for Ralph. Because mm. what do you, you know, what do you do if Saints aren't getting on the end of things? He can't make them. But at the same time, you know, you could argue that he could have been more bold in yeah. terms of when we went down, when they went down to ten men. Yeah, you know, maybe not at that very moment, but certainly in the second half when we were chasing the game, did we mm. really need to leave Romeo and Hoiberg? On the pitch, no, I I think you could have lost Hoiberg. Did you really need to stay at three centre backs. No, you know when you have, you know, we needed players that could unpick that yeah. team. We yeah. needed players that can unsettle them. You had Shane Long, yeah, who could have definitely done the unsettling, and Armstrong, who is probably the only player apart from Buffard that we've got that can really do something very intricate. And special. Well, I, I actually think we're missing Gineppo. Like amazingly, the guys had like what three games for yeah. us, and it already we look like a much weaker team when he's not in the in the in the side. Yeah, um, it's just, it was a very and it, yeah. it was a very the, passive performance. From and Saints. the substitutions were too late, weren't they? Yeah, they I mean, they were. I mean, like what we on Obafemi, yeah. who had one one touch yeah. I think um, Armstrong came on too late yeah. the game you know I, I think I think it was 12 minutes from the end that he put on Armstrong and I think yeah. by then we'd had loads of good chances we'd puffed and we'd puffed and nothing was going in you could you could sense that we weren't going to get anything from the game at that point that he like I think we'd already accepted that we weren't going to get anything at that point yeah and the, and the problem we have is that you know, we'll talk about the the games probably coming up, but mm. like, we are in a, a run now. You know, if we'd have got something out of the Bournemouth game, mm. the Spurs game wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, but we didn't, and we didn't get anything out of Tottenham. So you we know, have to go and get something against we now Chelsea. Have to go and get something against Chelsea, where you know Chelsea—they're a bit of an unknown quantity, aren't they? Um, one last thing: met a uh, a cabbie. Uh, at the stadium who was a Saints fan but he's a London cabbie London Saints and he said he was driving his cab around and then suddenly this chap popped onto the local radio station and talked about Saints for half an hour and that was you what was that was that the other night when I was on Love Sport yeah yeah I did that the other night that was Freddie thanks Freddie for the other side he pointed in my direction yeah 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 you're getting famous you know, and uh, what with people figuring out how to locate each other by telling them their proximity <laughs> to you, you know. Um, so th- anyway, well, let's get on to our emails. We've had a couple of emails this week. Um, we've had one from Jason Dickey, one from Johnny. I'm going to do the one from Johnny first because we hear from Jason Dickey a little bit more uh, regularly. Uh, so Johnny says, hi, I have a Saint season ticket um, 
for many seasons. Really enjoy listening to you guys. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, I wanted to write to you about Chadham's being dropped for the Spurs match on the basis that he has yet to score for Saints. On the 25th of September 1995, a gifted Dutch player by the name of Dennis Bergkamp was under pressure, having not scored in his first seven games in all competitions for Arsenal, and promptly hit the back of the net against Saints. Same player is now immortalised with his own statue outside the Emirates Stadium. It's never easy knowing when to drop a striker, but surely match fitness is vital as is confidence, so demoting from the matchday squad is really a questionable action from Ralph. What do you think? Because Che Adams wasn't even an option. I, no. I think had Ralph brought Che Adams, he would have been on the pitch pretty quickly pretty in that game. Yeah. When I was at that game, where Burkamp scored the two goals against Saints, mm. and I remember that he scored the first goal was a volley. Yeah. Uh, and the second goal was just this outrageous shot from about twenty-five yards, and Burkamp was just a different. Gravy. Yeah. But on the, I remember that as a kid. Mm. But like on the note of. Um, Shea Adams, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as a player that isn't fit. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think Ralph said he just wanted to give him a rest. Yeah, but it's weird because we're playing against Abdeviroud yeah. and Vertonghen, who are two of the older, more creaking yeah. centre-backs in Premier League terms. Yeah. And you would think that kind of, you know... Young, young hungry. hungry forward would kind of thrive against those kind of older centre-backs. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, you know it's it's one of a what I don't get is one I'm on the bench. Mm. Like it's a, it's one of another kind of. I d- I don't see how this improves things for Chad Adams at all. To be frank. But also, like, what are you going to do? Like, is he now going to bring him in against Chelsea? Yeah. Like, if so, like, well, what was the kind of point of leaving him out against Spurs? Is it because he was knackered? Maybe. But the, what I would say is they, yeah, the the club has access to a huge amount. Mm. Biological, whatever it is, data, you know, data on stuff, players, yeah. and maybe he knew that he was tired. Maybe they yeah. can tell. Maybe that you know they've got various ways, and the the physios and the doctors said, you know, the guy's run it. To be fair, the guy's run himself into the ground mm. in seven consecutive games. Yeah. He's run non-stop. Um, so maybe there's something in it, but it does seem weird, and you know. But maybe at the same time, we talk about confidence in terms of scoring goals. Shea Adams will definitely be our leading assist person. Yeah. You know, he got the penalty against Bournemouth. Yeah. Got the ball for Gineppo to score. Yeah. Um, he, you know, maybe he's totally comfortable in his role in the team. Yeah. And Ralph has said to him, you're still my main man. But I'm but giving you a rest. have a rest. Yeah. Very strange. Um, I mean, let's hope he comes as good as Dennis Bergkamp. That would be all right, wouldn't it? I'd take that. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, hear from Jason. Hey, John um, and Tom. Man, it's hard to ride the wave of the Portsmouth win after that tussle today, isn't it? I'm trying to save the idea of beating them in their own place. Uh, it's interesting, though, isn't it? I've been wondering about this. Do we have the ability to create goals from build-up play? I know we got some on Tuesday, but that hardly counts, does it? I mean, Pompey suck. Uh, Tottenham uh, it took Ings catching Larissa out all of our best chances are set pieces free kicks or catching the opponent I know that some of that is the point of the press but what's the game plan if the press doesn't create goals a Gineppo or Buffel worldy um, I mean the impressive goals are always going to stand up but it doesn't seem like we need a Pierre-Emil Hoiberg rocket or a Redmond dragging the ball across the middle to score uh, this isn't an indictment of Ralph we haven't had great up build-up play for who knows how long. Is the problem talent, the game plan, the team sheet? What do you think? And am I off on this? I don't think he's off on it at all. I mean, we touched no, on we, this earlier, didn't we? I mean, we? We struggle. Yeah. If you get eight men behind that ball. Yeah, I'm. what I am amazed about is more that teams are continuing trying to play out from the back yeah. of the Saints. Cause I just ditch that. I just ditch that. If I was yeah. playing, because I'd be like, that's the only way they can hurt us, yeah. is by getting the ball off us. Yeah. If we just play the game as not as mm. maybe like teams used to play four years ago like Burnley Burnley yeah you mm. lump it you'll be fine so especially if we've got Vestgaard on you know Wim- Wimbledon tactics is yeah the... but like it's so, a yeah I totally agree and I, I think we we seem to run out of ideas and we end up doing weird like sort of pot shots and weird sort of cross shots and and all sorts of things yeah. and our the other thing about saying we've not talked about it but like our set pieces are awful <laughs> I don't know you say that, but like we created a pretty good chance um, with a couple of the set pieces. Were, the free kick, James Ward-Prowse free kick was yeah. great. 
the Yoshida, the, the Yoshida header, header from was the corner. good, but like, but what I mean is like, if you look at the number of yeah. crosses we get, look at our throw-ins. Yeah. Like Karl Anker touched on, yeah. how bad we are at throw-ins. Yeah. How often we either get throw-ins all the time, but we just we don't get know what to all do the with time, it. But we either find an opposition player, or we give the ball to one of our players who loses it straight away. Yeah. We don't seem to be comfortable. Also, what I don't understand is that Denso is clearly Rory Delap in disguise with his throne. So why have we not utilised this? Well, if you think about it, like we do look. I well, I think we look better four three three. Yeah. Denso would have to come in instead of one of Yoshida, or Bednarek, Bednarek, or Bertrand, or Vestergaard, or Vestergaard. Vestergaard should be in any yeah. other team, but like. I don't know, it, it, but I totally agree. Like in terms of and well, us, and, and anyway, can we try and answer Jason's question here? What what is the problem? Is it the talent, the plan, the team sheet? What know. is it? But no, like how well, how do you work this out? Because you know Redmond can do clever things. Yeah, you know Buffal can do clever things. Uh, but I think Redmond needs pace and space for his clever things to happen and he needs you know he needs to be able to drop in yeah. between the midfield and the defence and that, that pocket yeah. where he, they're like remember Burnley last season yeah. you know yeah, where yeah. just that sort of corridor of uncertainty yeah call it. Um, I think it's a little bit I mean there's obviously something to do with the game plan but I still like what Ralph is doing and I still think we're going to be much better side this season I think we're actually going to start picking up more points later on in the season um I think it's probably the personnel. I, I think, I think Ralph's plan A is quite clear, and I think we now need to have like a more like attacking plan A because defence he's got about eight plans. So I'm talking about the attacking play here. Our attacking plan A is working; it is effective, but it only works when a team is trying to beat you and play out from the back. But, and we that? need we need another plan B for well, for attacking. But you know, John, every week. Mm. You're talking about us scoring fewer goals than our XG. Yeah, you know, like so that is a talent thing, isn't it? Seven goals in seven Premier League games. Um, we scored two against a very poor ten-man Brighton. We, um, you know, we are not taking teams to task. You look at like Leicester, how efficient Leicester are in front of goal. Yeah, we are the antithesis of that, and. So, so we are actually the most profligate team in the Premier League, yeah. with the exception of Watford. I'm not so, surprised. So, at all. Southampton, in terms of, we don't finish the chances we should be scoring from. I don't. I, any Saints fan will tell you that. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, you can argue like Yoshida, yeah, who I love, and I, by the way, I think we are so much better than him being in that team. Yeah. Um, like even still, two headers. Liverpool, Tottenham should score both. You can talk about great goalkeepers mm. saves all you like. It's a header where he's above his centre back, he's six yards out in the middle of the goal. That's not a save. That's a miss. I think you've got to give credit to Larice though for saving Ashida's. Yeah, he header. shouldn't be anywhere near it. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, in the circumstances. Yeah. But the ball shouldn't be anywhere near the keeper for him to be able to make a save. Yeah. We've had a lot of Ralph negativity. Yeah, not online. Um, we've had quite a lot in this episode already. But I, yeah, but I know, but I don't think I don't think what we and I don't want to speak for mm. you, but I where I am is I think Ralph is on a a journey. Yeah, he's thirty games into his Premier League management yeah. career now, so he's not a spring chicken. Um, but I think Ralph is on a journey. I think he's learning some things. I yeah, think he's learning that he can't play players out of position. Yeah, and I think he's learning that he needs to play consistent performers yeah. who don't lose their head i.e. Yoshida yeah Bertrand and, and I think like you'll see the next game against Chelsea I think you'll see a classic Saints 4-3-3 it is interesting as well looking at some of the players that are starting to come good this season who have not been that great recently I think Romeo this season is looking like the Romeo that won Player of the Season for Saints a few years ago. Yeah, years ago yeah. Yoshida looks much more assured in defence, I think, than he has for a fair while. Mm. Um, and I wonder, is this something to do with the fact that this is the first time we've been playing a bit like Pochettino and the couple of players that are still around from the Poch 
era are more comfortable in this style what I find mad is that they can't like yeah those two players are Mm. better I think you could argue Hoiberg and Warprouse have taken a step back I think Warprouse overall has got better I think this season he's gone a little bit backward from where he was at the end of last season but it's it's just strange I I don't I don't quite get it why they're not kind of jelly I I do, yeah. it, do you think we just need to get a bit more settled and a bit more comfortable in our own they skin? Need to, like, they need to tonk someone 3-0, don't they? Yeah. They need to get, like... Chair Adams goal. needs to get a goal. They need to get a penalty, yeah. and then we need to score a third goal, and it'll be happy days. I yeah. think we have a massive hoodoo over us at home. Mm. I think there's some... I think psychologically, home games are a nightmare for us. Yeah. Um, Is it going to end this Sunday, Chelsea at home? Well, Chelsea are really good going forward, aren't they? I, I think this could be the kind of game we could win. And I'll tell you yeah, why. Because Chelsea are the kind of team that will play out from the back. They want to play good attacking football. That's like what Frank Lampard wants to do. And I think they're also not perfect, Chelsea. I think, I think they, we, They've got mistakes in the yeah, back. They've got mistakes. We've potentially got mistakes. Um, but I, I could see us doing quite well against Chelsea. I think Chelsea will score. Tabby Abrahams will yeah. score. But this could be, you know, this could be a 2-1 Saints, depending on when yeah. the goals come. I still think we owe him from that time, Mark Hughes. Mm. Game when Benderek scored. And they, they, Alonso did that nasty, yeah. nasty challenge on Shane Long. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Sunday's an exciting game. I think it'll be a really good game of football. I think one of the things you are guaranteed with Saints yeah. is a really good game of football. Yeah. It's going to be exciting and interesting. Yeah. I think that's, you know, no one can say that we're not, an interesting exciting fun team to watch yeah. I think they were agonising to watch if you're a Saints fan but I think for a neutral I think we're brilliant to watch um, I think that's probably it isn't it now Tom do you want to talk about your terrible supporting record John do you want to tell everyone well, what that is I was going to bring that up I don't think I've seen Saints win in person for nearly two years now Tom I've probably been to maybe 15, 15 games, to 20 games, games yeah, yeah. That that's insane yeah, I, I think the last time I saw us win was Fulham in the Cup, and that was like a year and a half ago. We just never win when we, we go. We're going, both going to Wolves. Mm. Actually, that was probably the last time, wasn't it? Fulham in the Cup yeah. under Pellegrino. Yeah. I was, was thinking it was Palace, but actually that was, was um, so that was January. James so it's been a year Palace. and a half. Yeah. It's nearly coming up to two years in January. I've got to see us win. No doubt Saints will win this Sunday because uh, I was offered tickets to go into the corporate hospitality <laughs> and I had to turn them down because this Sunday, for the first time, I think since I've been, well, maybe for the first time since I've been married, uh, my wedding anniversary falls on a, on a home game. It's very selfish of Sophie. <laughs> I, I haven't told her about it. No. No. We get the brownie points. Yeah. Right, anyway... Thank you very much, listeners. Uh, if you've been listening, if you've been watching on YouTube, hope you've enjoyed seeing mine and Tom's faces again. Um, we've been the Saints FC podcast. We'll, we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. Also, if you want to do that, getting in touch thing, saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at saintsfcpodcast. Cheerio, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>